0: You know, yeah. I would think about my grandmother's cooking. She never used recipes. Everything was just eyeballing it. Definitely. Yeah. You'd ask grandma, what did you put in there? Don't worry about it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. A
1: little, little this, little that. I love it. Well, and that's the funny thing was like looking through recipes from my grandma and my mom, like call, even calling them recipes was kind of a stretch. Um, You know, it'd be like an abstract list of ingredients, and then it would just say, like, mix together and bake until it's done.
0: Welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by texasrealfood.com. Find out more at the end of this episode. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Let's jump into today's episode. We have Chef Michael Silverstein. It's his second time on uh, the podcast. We had him on once before for a a, a cookbook he released. He was on MasterChef. Couple seasons ago, and uh, he released his you know cookbook. It was called uh, Keto Cooking, or yeah, Keto Keto. No, it's Keto. Okay, that's how you pronounce it. Keto, Keto Cooking. And he's got a new book out, new cookbook out. It's called New Comfort Cooking. It'll be available January fourth, but you can pre-order it now. Uh, internationally, it's shipping as well. So for those of you listening internationally, you can get this cookbook. Um, and make sure to check out Michael. He's got a podcast called The Talk any of your podcast platforms you can check that out. Uh he's also on social media. Um he's doing cl- he does classes and you know videos and recipes and all kinds of different stuff. So make sure to follow him on social media. Just search uh, Chef Michael. Um and yeah, and check out his YouTube channel. Okay, guys, please let's throw him some love there. Um just uh, search Chef Michael and you'll find him. Um and yeah, this is a great conversation. Really enjoyed talking to him about cooking and State of the food industry, and you know what? What does you know safe food? What is healthy food? What does that actually mean? We, we this is just a great conversation about food. So please check out his book. I think you'll enjoy it, and uh, cook some of these amazing, you know, comfort food recipes, traditional stuff, but nice little twist uh, from Chef Michael. So great interview. Really enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, let's get to it, right? All right, so uh, before we get to the interview, just a quick word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food. We'll be right back. Hi, I wanted to talk to you about what's on the Texas Real Food site. That's more than just putting in your zip code and finding you know, the coolest butcher, farmer's market, restaurant around you. There's also other resources on the site, recipes, articles, And one in particular is called the Texas Mom Blog. It's awesome. Faria Khan is writing these beautiful articles. You can really learn a lot about Texas, just giving you a lot of other things to think about, food, family, everything behind that goes into food as well. So just different topics and uh, conversations. Definitely something worth checking out as well. All right, back to the show. All right, guys, thank you so much for sticking with us. Please check us out on social media. Just search The Lone Star Plate and uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you can be notified of all these great videos that we put out. If you're listening to this, go to our YouTube channel and you can watch different clips of all the episodes. You you know, if you don't feel like digesting the entire thing, there's some clips on there Uh, and other additional footage that we'll be putting on uh, that's not part of the podcast. So anyway... Um, Oh, and hit, you know, hit the like button, leave a comment, those things help the quote unquote algorithm, right, as they call it. Look guys, enough of me babbling, I'm doing it again, let's just get to the episode. Sorry guys, I got a, this crick in my neck, is that what you call it, crick in my neck? I, I feel all like, you know, Gollum over here, it's just like killing me, oh my brain, here, the ring, I don't know, that's the worst Gollum impression. Anyway, let's just get to this episode, y'all, I've gone crazy with all the medicine I took. I'm on drugs, y'all, for the pain. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get to this. Okay, Chef Michael Silverstein. Um, the, the cookbook is called New Comfort Cooking. Check it out now. Uh, we got links in the description. And uh, let's get to this interview. Chef Michael Silverstein. Enjoy. Well, Chef Mike, pleasure to have you again, man. It's been, uh, it's been a long time.
1: Yeah, it's been, what, a year, maybe? Yeah, a year. You've been busy. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, you too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A weird year, though, I guess I'd say.
0: Right on. Yeah, yeah. It was right in the mix of uh, the pandemic, and it continued. Um, And now we're sort of, I don't know, what everyone's on a different, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how out and about are you?
1: Oh man. So, you know, I've been hanging out in California for the past couple of months. Uh, and so coming back to Texas has been a very, <laughs> man, I want to say fantastic experience. Uh, sure. You know, it's like out, out, out on the West coast and I was in New York too. And it's like, you can't get into a restaurant or a bar without showing your vaccine card, which totally get it. Um, sure. I'm, you know, I, I'm double vaccinated. I got my booster coming up next week. I'm I'm definitely no no shame in my game about being like pro yeah, me too. vaccines and doing what we need me to do too. to stay safe of but course. uh the culture shock is crazy going from from the west coast back to texas and it's like here it's like what's a mask <laughs> <laughs> what's that
0: what's covid <laughs> yeah what's covid that's the better thing people are like covid what's that
1: yeah, yeah. That ha- i mean for better happen? or for worse i'm not making a commentary either way i'm just calling. that's what how I it see. is yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I haven't left. I've been here the whole time, and that's how it is. It hasn't changed. So yes, yeah. I can, I can back yeah. it up. Absolutely. Oh, no, that's uh, um, <laughs> so. So you don't, you know, so you're out you're trying to get out and do, do some of your things. Is it was you're traveling uh, for your new
1: cookbook you got coming out? Was that what it was for? No, actually. So, uh, the the second cookbook comes out here very shortly. It comes out like a couple of days after New Year's, January fourth. Um, and there's like this little chunk of time between when I finished and while we're waiting for it to get printed and distributed. So, um, I had a couple months where I had a little bit of space to finally step out a little bit. Um, so I did a couple things while I was gone, you know, a little bit of family time. I, hey, I needed it. Go. Good, um, good. no shame. I took a little time off, spent some time with my nieces and nephews, I did work on a, on a pretty cool project. That's like one of those annoyingly, I can't say yet what it is. Absolutely. Um, you know, gotta love a good NDA. Uh, but (laughs) I do have a cool project. Uh, that's, that's, I guess without saying too much, it's, it's big. It's, um, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a really cool thing that'll come out uh, next year. So hope we can kind of chat about that as well. Um, but no, not book related. This was more of a, um, filming and and video and tv related uh project so kind of a different side to what i do um i love writing recipes it's what i do um i love sharing that and helping other people cook but i've also been having a good time filming videos both at home and and on tv so um, i'm trying to play with both both facets of my career and and see
0: what sticks. (laughs) I bet that felt good though, just to get out and do something like that. And just, you know what I mean? Um, get your feet wet again in that sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, A hundred percent.
1: You know, I noticed like culturally, uh, through COVID, a lot of people were surprised to find out that working from home is not as fun as it sounds. (laughs) Um, right. Yeah. I know that, but a lot of people, you know, I have friends who work at Facebook and stuff here in Austin and uh, I feel like working from home is, it sounds really awesome. You can get up in your pajamas and, and yeah. get paid for it, but it gets weird. And, uh, for me, writing the cookbooks is a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a lonely process. If I'm being honest,
0: I love it. It's, it's my well, because dream. you do you the know? photography too, right? I do everything oh
1: that's a lot the development the testing the writing yeah uh my publisher you know I work with the publisher there they do you know obviously there's a whole editing team graphic designers it is not a one-man show but the 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 culinary piece is 100% on me and then on the front end
0: right on the front end yeah all
1: the development I write the manuscript 100% on my own but the photography is sort of my own Self-torturing myself it's just I I Love the <laughs> I love the Creative control of sort Of uh, Cover to Cover I feel like it's my baby you know these yeah, Books yeah. are my vision and I have trouble letting Go of that vision and letting some Photographer Make it how they think it's supposed to look And sure. part of my job As a recipe developer is I want people at Home to be able to actually make My food these books are not like You know, magazine like they're they're not just for fun or for looking at. Like I really want people to make the food, and when they make it, I want it to look like mine. (laughs) You know, and so I want that control of doing the photography, uh, and and that's like an added pressure because most authors don't do
0: that. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, Well, I get that you want it, like you said, how they take the picture is going to determine how that dish looks and turns out, and i get it like you know yeah i, yeah, I have really a vision I'm surprised it's, it's like you know at, at a restaurant it, to be honest it's
1: just i think it's just it's just hard like most people have to dedicate a whole career just to food photography that's true and that's a good point suffered through teaching yeah. myself a whole second trade but like even at you know working at a restaurant you you want your food to go out to the tables as you, you see it yeah, and that's absolutely. sort of how i feel about it um sure but yeah, that like, I'm, I am this is where all the photos get done right here. Yeah, right, right there, man. I'm, right like, there. Guest bedroom of my house. It's a very like, you know, very real operation here. There's no teams of people. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's not a green kitchens and No, right. yeah, no. yeah.
0: Those, that's, those are legit lights back there. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. So so this next time around of doing it, what was easier for
1: you or even mm. harder? Oh, so. Uh photography was easier just because I had done it before. Um, yeah. I was sort of learning as I, as I went on book one. Um, and I still wanted to make sure every photo looked professional. So it took me a long time to do the the 70 photos or whatever was in the first book. I just, not only had I done a book before, but over the last year leading up to this one, I just, you know, I'm doing recipes a couple of week on social media and, Instagram and TikTok and doing photos for that. So I, I've just gotten a little more efficient at the photography um, that went quicker. I think just in general, it writing recipes, writing books, it, it's, it's, you know, it's an exercise. You, you, you practice it.
0: Sure.
1: Um, and so I think overall um, I probably was able to get this done with a little less stress than my first time. I think I enjoyed writing the second book <laughs> a little more than the first, the yeah. process of it all. Um, But it was a very different book. Also, the first book was really about kind of trying to show that like healthier food can be sexy, a little chefy, a little inspired, modern take on, you know, healthier keto food. The second book was the other way. Uh, It's a comfort food book. And it's all very like family style and comforting and um, a lot less creative energy, so to speak. I didn't really feel like I had to invent food as much as just make the best version of something people already love. And so that was a challenge for me, completely flipping the script on the style and approach to food. Um, And I ended up really falling in love with this like family style, just comfort, hearty, delicious food. And I had a really good time cooking it. I had a good time eating all the food that I was cooking because um, just yummy, like comfort yeah. food is just yummy, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. So, that's yeah, what
0: we all—that's what we all really love. Right? Yeah. If we're 100%. if we're all being honest with ourselves, right? That, that's 100%. we don't want too much, you know, this, that, or the other. We just want a nice, good plate of, especially delicious in the south, right? Yeah, delicious yep. plate of flu, man. Uh, no, that's 100%. awesome. Was there a particular dish that sticks out to you more than? What What is what is the because I, I know mm. you're probably saying when well, you get it, you've got to check out this dish and this. Di- I mean, what are the few top ones you're naming off here? Oh, God, that's, a,
1: that's a good question. I got to think because uh, I, I, I kind of designed this book to be very personal. So a lot of the recipes in here are sort of dishes that I have a connection to personally. It's a much more personal book than the first yeah. one. And I have a story for every recipe. Um, and it brought back a lot of memories of like my childhood, my upbringing, um, and then just sort of stories along the way. So there's a lot of re- recipes for me that are like very meaningful to me in this book. Sure. Um, like I, I actually shared my, like a lot of recipes from my grandmothers uh, that have been oh, wow. passed down. Um, I took my, my mom actually found both of my grandmother's uh, recipe boxes. They were boxes with, Oh, wow. Uh, the car actually I have them here. Um, That's amazing. I keep them next to me for inspiration. Um, That's amazing. My mom shipped these to me before I started writing my book with like my grandmother's like handwriting. Wow. Um, Old school right there. Yeah. 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 Like index <laughs> cards and stuff. Yeah. Um, One from each grandmother, which was really cool. Uh, And so, wow. Kind of pulling from that very personal place. Um, it makes it hard for me to pick favorites. Um, but, you know, I think like the, my mom's brisket, like just slow cooked brisket, um, you know, a lot of the desserts are inspired by things my mom or grandmothers would make, um, which I love. Cause I, I don't generally love writing dessert recipes cause I'm not really a pastry chef, but I had a lot of fun with these with these desserts. I came up with some really fun takes on classics, just like a gooey brownie and all kinds of fun things. Um, this is so tough. This is tough to pick favorites.
0: <laughs> oh but, no, no, it's like trying to pick yeah, a favorite I, of your kids. Uh, you know, yeah, I yeah.
1: I, I there's a lot of recipes that have a lot of meaning um, to me in this book, and uh, I think that that made the writing process very meaningful to me. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, it's a very, it's a very personal take on comfort food. It may not be everyone's comfort food. It was interesting. I, I um, on the topic of comfort food, and I'm curious your take on it, because what does that mean to you? Cause I went through it before I even wrote the, the manuscript or the table of contents or the recipe list. Like I spent some time just thinking about what that, means. Cause you ask somebody from San Francisco or Boston or, you know, Atlanta, you're going to get three very different answers.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I think for me, I guess it would be flavor over, you know, the visual of it. So any decision you made cooking would just take you down the road of flavor right everything would just have right. to do with flavor it wouldn't have to do color don't no, let me make sure i get some of this color in here that right. you wouldn't worry about any of that it's just this is right. the best ingredient the easiest simplest you know way i can serve it to you with the most flavor and no frills right that that to me is comfort no frills. food no frills just no yeah. frills cooking but again i don't know uh, maybe you're right uh people from different again in the south it's comfort food i feel like you're right it does have like a different meaning that that is interesting that is interesting but it has to have no frills i don't know how you could have comfort food with a bunch of you know
1: i don't know pretty things and garnish and yeah it moves (laughs) past and now you're
0: about technique you know which is fine right there's nothing but then i don't where's Mm -hmm. the comfort in that that's not that no, i don't know if that that that's more challenging that challenges your taste buds and your flavors yeah. and and that's a great yeah. thing to do but maybe that's what it is this is no challenging it's just you know what's you know what you're gonna get you're looking forward to it i don't know this is a yeah. great question and it, and it, it like
1: really you know one of the things that that i kept coming back to is like i think it's just kind of food that should make you Smile, make you happy. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be impressive. Like you're saying, exactly. like it doesn't have to be fancy, and it can be fancy, sure. but it, it's not the point of it. Yeah. Um. And so th- this was something that I battled with a lot in the writing process. Like, do I try to give my readers, so to speak, do I try to create uh, a selection of comfort foods that that would resonate with people from all over the place, or do I just make what my comfort food is and like weirdly for me like one of the most comforting things like on my birthday I want a bowl of frosted flakes (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know uh to me that is comfort food I mean I'm not going to put that in a cookbook but everybody has these weird things so I asked a lot of my friends I polled people on Instagram like what is comfort food to you and when I tell you like there was. There was no consistent answer. Like in my mind, I thought I was going to get like macaroni and cheese and fried chicken yeah. on repeat, but totally. I didn't. I got like ramen and, you know, my mom's baked chicken and like the things that were very hyper personal. Like,
0: I was going to say, it sounds personal. It sounds yeah, like a mm-hmm. story's attached. It it, it evokes yeah. a memory, mm-hmm. right? And that mm, and, and, me- and that it. memory is comfortable. So therefore, that's comfort that's why you love to go home and eat your moms because it feels safe. It feels right like everything's going to be okay because that's the feeling you had as a huh. kid that's in- that's interesting,
1: yeah, uh-huh. you're right about that. It evokes a memory, I think is a really nice way of putting it, whereas like you know a lot of times, I think chefs who are pushing the boundaries in the culinary world are sort of focused on the future of food um, yeah. yeah, comfort food really is a little bit about like. The past. the
0: past yeah, yeah. We, we solved it we just All we right. solved it what right, All right here. nice talking to you yeah no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a great way though that you know looking at the future comforts about the past hey i like that i like that yeah it's yeah. pretty
1: cool and i didn't really identify that but here i am with like talking about my grandmother's recipes that's what i guess you're yeah you hit it on the head that's it. if your
0: grandmother wouldn't serve it it's not comfort food if she, yeah. if you couldn't picture her putting it in front of you on a plate and describing it to you, right? Like, right. Exactly. Then, 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 then that's not it. You know, yeah. I would think about my grandmother's cooking. She never used recipes. Everything was just eyeballing it. Definitely. Yeah, you'd ask grandma, "What did you put in there?"
1: Don't worry about it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Know, yeah. A little, a little this, a little that. I love it. Uh, well, no, and that's, that's the great. funny thing was like looking through recipes from my grandma and my mom, like even calling them recipes was kind of a stretch um you know it'd be like an abstract list of ingredients and then it would just say like mix together and bake until it's done yeah. perfect you know oh, God. um yeah and so trying to kind of make those things actually repeatable recipes and then also like you know thinking about a little bit of that keto touch and a little bit of that, like cutting the sugar out and making some yeah. positive decisions around the recipes. Like it added an extra twist, but like, like I said, there's also just my own personal stuff in this book too. Like, I, I don't know if for everybody, but for me, like the first thing I wanted when I got back home from, from, from hanging out in Cali, I wanted butter chicken from the Indian restaurant near me. You know, that to me is a comfort food for better or for worse, Absolutely. you know, maybe not to everybody but to me that's about as good as it gets so there's I like this it. weird i was constantly playing with this um as i was like working on this project and i had a lot i had a lot of fun with it i really did man
0: you're making me think of my my mom, my comfort food now now that i think about as my mom's rice and beans with her quesadillas yeah there you go that's it that's it if i eat that's that it. i i literally feel like yeah everything's fine like yeah. this is it yeah, i yeah. got i got i got it all 100%. That's great, man. I'm so glad that we talked about that. To be honest with you, um, all right. So this book comes out January 4th. You said right, but January people can 4th. start pre-ordering before yeah. that, correct? Yeah,
1: it's already it's in pre-order now. So if you go to okay. Amazon, um, you can reserve your copy. Um, yeah, okay. it'll land at your door on January 4th. Um, Got it. Got it. And so it's great for like you know I, I know a lot of people hop into like one want to make. You know, maybe lose a couple pounds in the new year <laughs> i'm not I'm not you look beautiful, okay <laughs> um if you're listening to this, you don't need to lose a pound, but if you want to, um this book is kind of a fun way to like you know kind of not feel like you're on a diet because really, it's not a diet book, I promise, but it is like keto and sugar free and gluten free and so like it is a great way to um. To make some some good swaps there's pasta there's pizza there's all the things chicken tenders fried chicken like it's all in there but um but but keto-fied uh yeah. and so it kind of you can have your cake and eat it too so if, if you want to actually eat food and lose weight you can do that you don't have to like be on one of these like <laughs> calorie counting diets i lost like 83 pounds without counting a calorie um with, with this kind of food. So yeah, uh, yeah, it'll come out. It comes out January 4th, just in time for the, the new year new me goals, if that's what you're into, but it's, it's just a fun book with lots of yummy things in it, regardless of weight or keto or any of that. No, that's awesome.
0: And what I noticed also, you've been doing uh, obviously your social media stuff has just really taken off. You've built quite an audience, right? Doing, doing that. Is that more on, cause I see you on Instagram mainly. So
1: is that where your main platform is, is on Instagram? Yeah, I've been, um, you know, I've been, Instagram's been my, you know, kind of my home base, but I've been having a lot of fun making videos, and I've been posting those also to TikTok. And now my TikTok and Instagram are—oh, um, nice! Are, TikTok's catching up to Instagram here. Wow! Um, but which is cool for me as a creator because I can make one video and, and post it to TikTok, YouTube, yes. and Instagram. Absolutely. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun making cooking videos, and uh, I try to make them fun. Like the the cookbook recipes are obviously more in depth. The uh, the Instagram is like your quick, yummy, chefy tips, kitchen hacks, easy recipes, all that kind of jazz. And then I actually launched uh, my own podcast uh, last, this year in 2021. I got, so got, I got it got down that. here. I was going to bring it up. Yeah, too. season two Absolutely. is coming up here. And in, in next year, I start filming season two. So um, that's on. Uh, all podcast platforms, just ch- search for the talk with Chef Michael or just Chef Michael. It'll come up. That's also on YouTube for free. Um, so just just having a lot of fun. I'm going to keep making videos this year. But Instagram is probably my home base. If you look into, you know, find my daily bullshit. What's the secret to TikTok? <laughs> what, what's the Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what's, the store, you
0: know, what I'm doing, yeah, making yeah. my
1: coffee in my normal. <laughs> hey mom,
0: people yes. people want to see that stuff uh you know you'd be surprised what's the secret to tiktok because we're trying to get uh i myself tried to you know i'm trying to get i'm trying to learn these things i don't know what i'm doing um you know what, what's the secret to tiktok
1: i <laughs> what a okay, question so, right yeah yeah what what a, yeah if i knew question. the answer to this i'd be <laughs> charging a lot of money for this information um <laughs> but i no i i think what i've realized as so i started tiktok more as a consumer like i just enjoy scrolling through tiktok yeah Yeah, Um, and what i realized is like as i'm scrolling through if i'm not instantly captured in the first two seconds i've moved on and so i think that to me is the only hack that i know and i try like in the first two seconds of my videos to just like try to get people's attention whether that's like a you know, this is the best thing I've ever eaten or Something. it's a little clickbaity, but like, yeah, that's yeah. how TikTok is. You know, um, yeah. there's a lot of methods to do that. There's lots of people who like to wear less clothes and do other ways of getting people's attention that I don't do. <laughs> um, nobody wants to see me without my clothes on, I promise. But, uh, you'd be surprised. But do... Come on. Mike. Well, fine. Be surprised. That's true. That's true. Yes, um, be. but I do try to make sure that there's sort of like a very quick, uh, pace so that like yeah. people just can't get bored on TikTok. are especially with the age group that dominates it. I, I know more and more people like our general age are are moving towards TikTok, but it's still dominated by like you know 15 to 25 year olds, and like they just they need information super quick. So just quick. just keep it zippy, keep it zippy. Yeah, yeah. That's my keep that's my big secret. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll take
0: it. We'll take all the yeah. TikTok, TikTok hacks. Uh, say that fast. Uh, no, that's awesome. Um, okay, so this podcast that you have that you have out, you said you've done one season and you're about to start recording. Yeah, the season. 20 so, episodes. So how do you do Do you like, um, are you do it once a week till you get those 20? Or are you trying to knock out a few a week, you know, have it on a schedule so like that? So I,
1: I filmed all 20 episodes in like a month. And then yeah. sent it to the, the, then my producer, um, did all the production and editing and yeah. Yeah. yeah So I, I kind I of treated it like a TV show almost where sure. not, not in the production value. It's like, again, it's just me sitting here, but, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, again, it kind of made it hard on myself. I don't think I'm going to do it that way for season two. I think I'll just try to do like four or five at a time. Cause as you know, this is so much fun, but when you have to, I was doing like two a day it takes a lot to like oh, sit no. here and yeah, yeah, chat on camera. Yeah. It takes sure. a lot of energy. Um, and so I was doing like two a day for, um, for a few weeks. And, um, I think, I think it, I think it was, it was hard. I think it was tiring. It was like a little too much where I didn't feel <laughs> like I like had a lot to give back yeah. to my guests. Sure. Um, so yeah, see, but, uh, we start filming season two here right after the new year. And so that'll start coming out and, pretty early in 2022. First season was keto focused. So it was a lot of keto experts, influencers, uh, a few that weren't just to bring, you know, I wanted to have a lot of um, real conversation. I, I think when you get into the diet space, people are very campy. Like you're either a hardcore keto person, or you're convinced it's gonna kill you, and there's nothing in between. It's very like politicized. Yeah. I am not like that um, at all. And so I wanted to actually have like real conversations about like is keto, you know, what let's let's kind of dispel some of the myths. Let's talk real shit. I brought in some yeah. doctors, some PhDs, some very smart people and authors and writers, and um, and tried to really have a thoughtful conversation about keto. The good and the bad um and then season two i'm focused a lot more on the food world food tv food influencers um and so we're gonna have some of the tough conversations around around that in season two so um yeah stay tuned oh yeah
0: well you know something i've been thinking about in food a lot uh is this 3d printed food fad have you Mm. heard about this what do you think about this
1: I, I think it's weird. <laughs>
0: it's definitely
1: weird. I think, I sure. think it's weird. Yeah. I, look, I, I worry about anything in food that isn't about yummy first, I think is how I want to answer that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so it looks, you get these shapes and you can do cool things with it, but like, I don't know. Shouldn't food just be yummy first? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some before we worry said about they, like printing it they couldn't t- they couldn't uh distinguish the fl- you know the flavor like you know they couldn't tell which was which which is pretty that's pretty astonishing um I, yeah, well this I was mean, this is a piece of wagyu that got 3d printed that i that i read right. about uh specifically i i, I don't seen know i i see i see it uh I kind of see it being the future good or bad whether i agree with it or not i definitely see companies seeing that technology and going oh yeah, yeah. we're going to use this and mcdonald's is going to have a 3d printed burger in no time if they can in my opinion why wouldn't they if, yeah of the, course cost wise
1: if it becomes cheaper than regular yeah,
0: they would they would um again i mean it's, whether all, it's or not almost I agree 3d, 3D it.
1: printed as it is yeah <laughs> let's be real i love a good Uh, i love a good mcdonald's i'm
0: not not. (laughs) absolutely absolutely of course um you know and which is coincidentally something i've been thinking about a lot lately is like this battle it's almost like the drug war there's also like the food war of like trying to eat healthy everyone's trying to eat healthy every business is trying to be healthier and healthier but at the same time it's a business right so there's You sometimes have to make decisions that are cost effective, but maybe not, you know, stomach effective for the customer, if you will. And I've been thinking a lot about really how do we solve that problem? You know, how are we really going to get to the heart of Americans and eating? And I've been thinking Mm -hmm. just like fast food and processed food is is the way to do it, but in a healthier way. Right. We got to get these big fast food brands on board and even processed food has to become healthier. I know that sounds weird to say, but I almost feel like the way to get most people to eat healthy is they're not even going to know they're doing it.
1: Yeah, 100%. I I agree with that 100%. I think it's tricky, though. Um, You know, I look at the wave of, you know, impossible burgers as like a a talking point here because not in the 3D printed sense, but in a way where it's sort of uh a, a, a replacement for a limited resource, right? Like, we understand that there's some real serious flaws in the meat, industrialized meat industry, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and, and I'm not talking about this in the keto, like, we're well, not getting into that discussion. We could have a whole argument about whether beef is healthy or not, because how I feel about that is irrelevant. But when you look at a burger that we make, let's say you and I, Sitting in the backyard, throw a burger on the grill. there's one ingredient, beef, maybe salt, yeah. right yeah, yeah. Um, you look at the ingredient list on an impossible burger, and it's like a paragraph yeah and so uh, and there's like refined oils and you know and sure there's beets and other things. but I think it's interesting to sort of step back and ask like which one is healthier, and what does that really mean um you know, is something that is kind of produced and manufactured in a processed way because it is processed. Like an Impossible Burger is a processed food. Yeah. And it uses processed oils and things like that that are pretty gross. Like if you actually look at how vegetable oil is made, it's a little scary. But it's also scary how like beef is made right now. So this like constant battle I, I don't think is going to end anytime soon between like how we feed the masses and what is healthy really even mean yeah. anymore unless you're going out there and like growing the cattle yourself I'm not really sure to how even to tell anymore like <laughs> what's better what's not organic doesn't really mean anything anymore there's so yeah. much gray area and how farmers yeah. uh, treat organic vegetables it it, to me it's become again just a way to charge more um in theory yeah of course I want my vegetables not to have pesticides on them but that's not even really what's happening they can still use pesticides yeah um so I I think it's it's really tricky and I think for me that's why I look I've been looking at food a lot lately and this is nothing I'm inventing but thinking about more like local and Fa- local farm grown farm Using the farmer's market as much as possible And like just trying to Get a little bit closer to the food um, You know if I can get Some beef from At least this Area uh, I, I might Feel a little bit better about it than The tube from You know that was sent here from Out of state or whatever um, <laughs> But I don't know do, do you know what I mean uh, Sorry I, I yeah. went off on a tangent but do you know what oh, I mean no. About like sort of like is the Impossible Burger the the future? In the same question as you asked about the 3D printing, like is lab grown meat or meat alternatives actually healthier? Um, and in on what metric? Like, it, it's so weird. This whole industry is is very confusing right now.
0: I, I mean, absolutely. No, I agree with what, what you're saying. Um, I mean, it's just when you throw profit in, right? It 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 makes everyone's it's hard to know if what their like um, goals were right as a business, where are their heads really at, right? Are they trying to get the the healthiest option available for people? Or are they just trying to find a cheaper, easier way to come up with something right. that looks like meat for you to eat, you know, um, and just like a lot of things, they start with good intentions and. Mm-hmm. Uh, money gets involved and and that can change and again like you said it's it's almost like the drug war right it's this thing that's just never going to go away this battle is is never going to go away um, I definitely agree with local eating and um, I, I think getting farms and ranches involved a lot more and this I read this interesting stat uh, it was in the UK um, it was about It said like 90, they pulled a bunch of farmers and ranchers. It said 90% of them, their desire would be to not stock the grocery stores. So to them, grocery stores are the evil, Mm. you know, whatever, if you will. And they want a a better way to get it from them to you without having to spend their time stocking grocery stores. That they spend all their energy and resources, growing vegetables, Mm -hmm. all this stuff just to get it to this grocery store instead of to you as a person and it has to go through right some of this isn't good like i mean how, we, we know about this right how many fruits and vegetables are tossed because they don't look right i mean right? right where where are we at so they just want to eliminate a lot of these i guess points points in the in the train right uh, to get it to you right i mean just all these different stops that it has to go through so i find that interesting um you know that might be a path uh to look at even here to minimize that. I don't know. I mean, we have
1: like like Texas is amazingly under discussed as like a agricultural center. Like we we obviously hear about like I feel like everyone knows California grows a lot of produce and sure. But like Texas is doing a lot. There's a lot of agriculture here sure. and um I I think that there's we have access to a lot of really beautiful ingredients here year round. Um, it's, it's one of the things that I really enjoy about one of the many things I really enjoy about living here. I think there's fantastic food here, uh, you know, from the farms or, you know, even eating out, but we do have access to this. It's just so convoluted. Like it, it, my assumption when I think about like a Texas farm is they probably like send it to some factory in Oklahoma or whatever, and then send it back on some truck three weeks later. Like I, I don't know, but in my mind to your point, like there's probably so many inefficiencies Exactly. that it it like just the mass production of it all just dilutes the whole system. But you know, I think when you like for me on social media and stuff, I see a lot of like food shaming. I see a lot of, um, That's what I'm saying, like, because I'm sort of in this like diet health space, uh, I see it in my own community. I see it in other health communities, this idea that like you need to be so enlightened when it comes to your food. And if you're not, you're doing it wrong. You're <laughs> yeah. not, you know, like this. Yeah, there's a lot of food shaming. Um, I saw an interesting video on on TikTok. Um, man, I wish I could give you the reference for it. She's a forager. She's really she's really quite known. She's um she's a forager. I forget what her name is, but she like finds all these local things and teaches you how to eat them and stuff. I love watching videos like that. Um and she was basically saying like if you um you know, if if you feel enlightened because you're buying like some vegan or keto product that's overpriced from Whole Foods, but then, like, you shame someone for going out and, you know, and hunting and, you know, making their own food or growing it at home. She, she's basically like, you have no right because all those foods you're buying that were, like, shipped in plastic, sent on a truck. You know, she's basically talking about <laughs> yeah. this idea that the the impact on the environment and – is just because something's labeled as like trendy or you're you're going to whole foods doesn't make you some enlightened food eater or consumer there's there's actually things you can do like growing some vegetables in your backyard going to the farmer's market and supporting a local farm that are much more impactful than just screaming like you know oh my god you're killing animals or whatever people do online you know that the anger you know i see it keto people do the same thing i'm not saying that um you know like keto people are like oh god vegans so not real humans aren't meant to be vegan and we, you, we can have that argument like we're animals and i in think a priming, we're all you know, different right individual yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a problem yeah um, but me. but the 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 food shaming i think is a yeah, problem on the internet absolutely like if you if you make a one dinner at home from scratch a week and and previously you were getting McDonald's every night and you go from seven days a week at fast food to six and you cook one meal a week. I am fucking proud of you. Like to me, you know, it's like if you go from not going to the gym ever to going once a week, I am fucking proud of you. Like I I, that, not to sound like cheesy, but I, I think that we just have to do the best we can when it comes to food. None of us are going to be able to cook a beautiful meal every night none of us are going to be able to have minimal impact on the environment all the time or be some enlightened food snob yeah we just got to do the best we can and if that means eating 3d printed food like go for it it doesn't to me but if that's where it's going (laughs) it's fine i I mean
0: absolutely i I definitely want to try it i mean i'm not gonna lie Um,
1: yeah yeah i'll try it
0: absolutely when it comes to virtual signaling and food um if you're doing that the the odds the odds are you actually are not making the right impact on it right mm-hmm. so right there it's a it's one of those things and it happens within the industry too you know people will yeah. be um oh i work for this restaurant oh you work mm-hmm. you work at this one. Oh my god what a, that's not even uh, a real no restaurant michelin stars yeah <laughs> oh that's not even a real restaurant you know right. what i mean and look i've been there i've done it myself i'm th- you know when you were saying oh man patrick you've done it you've shamed someone working sure. at, chi- at chili's when you were managing this restaurant over here you know like it, it it's more like pride in what you're doing but it starts to cross the line into well, why do they? Why do you have to put them down to make to lift yourself up over right. here? Why can't we just right. all exist? You're doing the best you can. We're doing the best we can. Let's all get a beer together, right? At the end of this, uh, nobody's better. Yeah. We're all we're all doing the best we can within the limits of what we have, right? Talk to a mother of single mother of three about how she's eating organic and this. Are you kidding? I mean, it's like. Listen, yeah. she's just trying to do the best she can and get food on yeah. the uh, on yeah. the table. And right, like I'm with you, man. I hate that stuff too. It really bothers me. Yeah. I don't even I don't even get into it. Right? I just ugh. yeah,
1: I, yeah. I, and and like you know, obviously, this is we're just the the keyboard warriors are losing their fucking minds after I, I don't know the last <laughs> couple of years with COVID and people stuck at home, Absolutely. like the trolling yeah. and the constant. Like every time I put at first it used to really kind of get to me because I'm I'm a pretty sensitive guy yeah. and so I think that was something that I had to kind of work through that like no matter what video I make somebody's going to say something about it yes. um you know yes. n- nothing I can do yes. is gonna like <laughs> you know if I if I make a vegan dish then this is wrong if it's not organic then this is wrong I got like yeah. torn apart because in one of my videos like just being cheeky I like <laughs> tossed the the cauliflower but in in my in real life i tossed it it landed in my sink i didn't throw it away um and you could like hear it hit the sink i was like torn apart for like you entitled piece of shit you just throwing food around there's people starving i'm like holy shit people i'm just making like i told you like i'm just trying to be entertaining i ate that cauliflower like i didn't like, jeez, everybody chill out. <laughs> like,
0: you, you, re, you release a video the next day of the cauliflower tied up to a little chair. Right, You're like, right, I'm tor- yeah, exactly. torturing the, the cauliflower. <laughs> He's the, never going to make it out of here.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like dressed up. Um, no, I, I think people people are just like looking for things to be angry about right now. Of course. Um, I, Absolutely. I, I try not to let it get to me, but I'm sure like, I'm sure right now restaurant owners are like battling with this too, because you know, nine out of the 10 people who are going to go write a review are going to be writing a review because they're pissed. Absolutely. A happy customer just goes home with a smile and, and never writes a review. Yeah. So they just come you know, back. They just come back. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I have heard like how a lot of people have felt really damaged by, um, you know, by like Yelp reviews and stuff and how damaging that can oh, be. Man.
0: it almost, I I've, I've called the headquarters of Yelp in Arizona, multiple times i remember in the first few years of boca when i had my food truck absolutely because couldn't control any of it and people use it a lot but i'll be honest they lost the reputation it's yeah. it's not used as much anymore like at all i don't think um i think that the scam sort of gotten around to everybody and people take it with a grain of salt so that's a good thing uh yeah. but yeah yeah i mean i'm with you uh no that stinks uh, uh for sure wow uh well you know sometimes people leave um i'm with you you have to ignore the comments good and bad in my opinion well yours might be a little bit different but i just learned to ignore all comments now because i I get triggered and uh, you know i'll tell you one i just read the other day that was funny it just said i don't remember the video it just said interviewer is awful that's all they wrote speaking (laughs) speaking about me that's literally all interviewer is awful Uh, great no, cool. no, like so why? why? So go away. Yeah. Nobody.
1: Can. <laughs> so why are you watching?
0: <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. But then right uh, above it, it's like great interview, right? So you can't, you can't win, like you said. So I just don't even. I just don't no. because I'll we, get on we, there too. I'll start yeah. defending, and I, I have to watch myself.
1: I got to get. No, out of I there. definitely don't respond that. I did a couple think, times, and it's not no, good. no, it's a trap. Good, Most good. trolls yeah, it's a just trap. want they want to be seen that's what they want exactly yeah. that's what they want
0: yes yes
1: yeah um, good for so you I, I also like just i just ignore it all but um it definitely is a weird space to be in right now on the internet when you're doing anything on the internet right now it's a weird <laughs> yeah, it's a world weird world <laughs>
0: it really is oh man okay uh so the podcast i love that you're doing podcasting now so now you can relate to all kinds of different uh things that i have to go through <laughs> um right yeah Yeah, no that's awesome
1: um so 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 i have a question before because i saw you pick up a piece of paper do you plan your episodes you know do you think of like because i'm still trying to understand where to find the balance of like you know, I've done do you, it different do write questions and plan it out. Or you just kind of, yeah, vibe?
0: I mean, look, I'll show
1: you. So, and
0: I've shown people before, um, I just sort of make notes, right? I always write the name okay. at the top. So I'm not an idiot cause I've made that mistake. <laughs> um, and then I just write their, their main thing that they have coming out right below that. And then underneath it, just little, little stars of things, topics I want to bring up. And either we'll organically get to them throughout the conversation, and I'll just cross it off. I didn't even have to bring it up. You brought it up on your own. I sort of know maybe that'll come mm-hmm. up. And if it doesn't, i make sure to bring it up. And just different things I want to talk. If I get to them, cool. If not, we didn't. And Yeah. Everybody's different. But that's, that's what I've, you know, after almost 200 episodes, this is, this is the, the way now that I do it. So it's sort of Jeez. planned, but not planned I'm, I'm i'll leave yeah, it yeah, open Not to, overly not to, scripted and like exactly i yeah, look yeah, yeah, if yeah. it goes somewhere i'll go with it i won't stop the, the train if it if somebody's taking it somewhere right. that they're passionate they're into something this is i will throw this away man this will you'll yeah. see this fly up I, to the side
1: i i wasn't you know I, maybe i was like kind of being <laughs> naive but in my mind i was like oh my god you know this podcast would just be a fun passion project It'll be so easy. I just, I, you know, we're just chit chatting, right? It is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! It's so much work. And also, what I didn't know was that doing what you do, or now a little bit, and I'm starting in it now. You're 200 episodes in. You're officially good at being a host. I wasn't. I didn't think about that as a thing. I didn't think about like now. I have to like learn this new. Thing because it's like to me, I've been on podcasts like this. Yeah. I I just feel like we just chit chat. It's like basically like us hanging out. That's what I think what good good podcasts are, right? It's just hanging out, basically, and talking about interesting shit, um, or funny shit or whatever it may be. But there is a there is a very specific skill at hosting that if you're good at it, people don't notice it because you're keeping the conversation moving. You're asking the right questions at the right times that feel organic. And so you can have a list of questions, but then I bring up a topic and you have to be able to pivot. I, it definitely took me a few episodes to get the hang of it. It really did.
0: <laughs> well, you're great at it, man. I've, saw, I've seen, I've actually seen quite a few of your, your episodes. You're great Thank at you. it. Yeah. And it's- I love the background you have, dude, that works <laughs> for you listen the moody, th- th- the that moody works background. for you man i'm telling you that really works well for you i could never do something <laughs> like that i could nobody want it just so like construct you look so powerful and like uh, what i'm about to <laughs> this is this is what i think what i'm about to hear is going to change my life
1: that's, that's what so I think. funny you say that because that was so far from the intention <laughs> um the intention of it all came from me working with my my videographer producer and i was like i don't have anywhere to film this. So I, we just put up a black backdrop in my guest bedroom, like squeezed between like the guest <laughs> bed, and it was just sort of like a, we have nowhere, we have no cool set to film in, so let's just put up a black backdrop Perfect. and pretend that we're you know, it w- I took some behind the scenes. It's hilariously like how close in you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the me. cameras in the closet. <laughs> with like the doors of the closet open like it is so hilariously low budget I wish I had a cool set like you like I, I oh. genuinely wanted that I've, so, I've worked
0: up to this trust me uh, <laughs> I've worked up I, to I, this. I
1: do I appreciate you um uh thinking that that was some artistic decision it was not but uh, thanks <laughs> roll with it right roll with yeah. it right just <laughs> yeah um but- Cool. That's a list, that's a list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Well, th- you know, it's uh, those type of things that just happen, and it looks it yeah. looks purposeful. It yeah, looks yeah.
1: Great. Uh, the only reason I didn't do it here because like, I don't mind this, but I was in, also in the middle of the book writing and photography, so I needed this space open. I couldn't have the cameras, and I was doing so many a day that I basically just needed a setup where the camera and the lights were just dedicated It's set its up. Spot. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I yeah. Know so I exactly can just plug and mean. play. I get yep, like yep. when my next appointment comes up, I turn the camera yep. on and I roll. Um, and I couldn't do that because this is my actual working space. I'm at my yep. desktop where I write my words and take the pictures. I can't just block this off with like a setup. And so um, that's why we we created that fifteen dollar. I got a fifteen dollar black backdrop from Amazon, yep. and uh hacked together that moody setup that was not intentional but kind of cool <laughs> see it worked out it, look all
0: people can see is what's in frame now i have another camera that records as well for the podcast so th- you see me on this camera but mm. we have another 4k camera that shoots a wide th- yeah that shoots me wide on this uh-huh. um but same sort of scenario it's all what's if you could see what's outside of that frame Okay, it's a little messy in here but you're never gonna see it right like it's all mm-hmm. all you gotta do is get what's in that frame N- nothing else matters right nothing else yeah. uh matters outside of that so
1: uh, yeah it's the it's okay. the magic of television or whatever you want to call this yeah yeah, yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> no that's awesome man uh well i'm super happy for this new podcast uh, with the new season coming Thanks. out And they got the new book and this new project, you know, maybe you're on an Island. Maybe you're not. I'm not trying to give anything away. Um,
1: Oh God, No, you couldn't. There's no amount of money that would get me onto an Island.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. See, we're going to do this. uh, The old fashioned way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's funny. Well, Michael, tell everyone your, um, social media stuff where they can follow yeah. you and we'll obviously we'll put links in the uh, description but please
1: yeah first of all instagram is the easiest place to kind of hang with me on a daily basis at chef michael keto if you just type chef michael it should be up there um and then yeah tiktok is chef michael youtube is just youtube.com slash chef michael um i want at chef michael on instagram but somebody has it you got it on so, TikTok, man. That's awesome. I got I got it on TikTok. I got it on YouTube. Wow. Um, I think I have it on Twitter too, even though I don't use it. But one day I'm gonna. Fu- I've actually offered the the guy who has at Chef Michael money. Oh, right on. I don't. Yeah. Oh, I don't really? It's like, yeah, and um, and they were like, yeah, no. There's there's no amount of money. And I'm like, really. Yeah. There's probably a amount of money, probably but I'm not there of yet. Money, yeah. they're, they're, I'm just not there yet. <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> um, and like, they don't do it. They have like a hundred followers. They don't even use it, but they're just like, they know what they have or something. Um, That's if you're crazy. watching this, if you're watching please, this, list,
0: please. Yeah. come um, on, Give it up. Give uh, it up. Yeah.
1: At chef, Michael keto on Instagram is the easiest place <laughs> to find me. And then if you search for chef, Michael podcast, um, on any of your podcast platforms apple you know spotify all the good stuff or youtube if you just go to my youtube yeah. channel it's all there um, and then both of my books are available um, on amazon which you can find through instagram yes. through I'm my website right now chef-michael.com is yeah. my website there's a ton of free recipes resources uh, I send out recipes on my weekly mailing list, email list. Like I'm just, I'm doing it all. So just come find me and hang out with me. <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, and we'll go. Website's
0: great, by the way. Really. Website's great, man. It's a nice, easy, simple, easy to use. Yeah.
1: I, I don't, even though it's not great for my business, I don't do the whole bloggy recipes where you have to scroll through a life yes. story to to get my recipe. If you go to my website, it is right there. You just, yeah. You pictures just, are great on cook. here, man. Yeah,
0: I mean, my God. Just to know that you also took the pictures, man, that is a big deal. I don't think people actually understand how big a deal that is, because I actually don't know any chefs that take their own pictures or they barely know how to use their phone. They don't even want to mess with pictures. That's the last thing they want to mess with.
1: Right. <laughs> like you go I, I through do, the whole, I do this to uh, myself, though. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's well worth it, though, man. <laughs> It's it's you're you're the writer director, right? That's essentially yeah. what and starring in the the movie. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, listen, you're Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves.
1: That's <laughs> I would I would I would like to be, you know, like one of these guys with a team wow. that does all that, you know, one day, maybe if things keep going positively, I can be, you know, uh, uh, Ina Garden or whatever these like Food Network people with like a whole team that write their cookbooks and stuff. <laughs> then at the same time like doesn't that lose a little bit of the soul when you just have a bunch oh, of people and it's just like a business at that point
0: sure i don't want to i the soul i'm looking at these pictures man and just knowing that you like you because they're amazing just knowing that you created the recipe also took the pic it's like this whole I don't know. There's just something special about that for sure, man. I don't know. To see you give that I, up. I don't
1: want to lose that. I really yeah, don't. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. And also, I noticed there's classes on here too, people. So for those of you listening yeah. and watching, you can learn how, well, I'm not saying you're going to learn how to cook like Chef Michael, but he's going to teach <laughs> you to cook the best you can, right?
1: Yeah, I try Nobody's to do it cooking at least like once a you. month. I try to teach uh, do a class once a month some are free some are money it depends on how intensely involved they are but um again if you sign up for the email list that's how i uh get people signed up so um, awesome definitely the email list is a, is a great way to stay tapped into like all the events and things that you can do um because i don't I, I i don't always announce it on instagram first my last class um sold out just from the email list because i want to give people who are like really vibing with me the first options and then sure. I'll put it out to the people on Instagram if their tickets left. So yeah, mailing list, you'll get free recipes and first access to the classes and all that good stuff.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And of course, uh, the new book, it's called new comfort cooking,
1: correct? New comfort cooking. Yep. Yep. And uh, get it on Amazon, Target, Walmart, wherever you get your books. Uh, it does ship international. Um, Oh, For free at BookDepository.com. If you are watching a Texas podcast from Sri Lanka, I didn't forget about you.
0: (laughs) We do have about a 20-something percent uh, European audience.
1: Oh, there you go. Okay. Bam. There you go.
0: International shipping. You can get uh, the book there. Bam. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, Michael, this is obviously it's always so great to talk to you. I promised you. We did record this one, so we're good to go. We won't have to re-record like last time. I don't know if you remember. I still oh, yeah. <laughs> remember that trust, me. <laughs> but it me. was
1: fun. And it was the second one was totally different than the first, which is really awesome.
0: it really was. But I'd still tell that story like I tell that story because it was such a unique uh, thing that happened. Um, so just <laughs> why uh, yeah. I really appreciate, uh, you know, you doing that last time. So for sure. Yeah. Well, now and I get it because I now actually you get had it
1: to do. I had to do that once, too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It happens to the, to all of us, I think, once. Good.
0: Yep. I don't feel so bad now. I don't nope. feel so yep. bad. I had to do it again. That's awesome. I, I mean, that's not awesome, but you know what I mean. Uh, I... <laughs>
1: you enjoyed that I had to suffer as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm happy to chat anytime. So uh, I hope I hope we can do this again. Awesome. Yes, this is amazing. I uh,
0: appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate
1: taking time. Of course.
0: The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.